1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG 13. Hey everyone. This episode of An Eternity of Basketball is part of the Globally Ballin' Podcast Network, a subsidiary of the Globally Ballin' Media Network. For this show and other shows like it, such as the Globally Ballin podcast, as well as projects like it, such as original articles and video work, visit GloballyBallin.com now. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe to it, as well as give it a five-star rating and a review. We appreciate it. Now, to the show.
4: Welcome to Eternity of Basketball. An Eternity of Basketball is part of the Globally Ballin' Network where you can catch the Globally Ballin' Podcast, the latest episode, episode 57, featuring a former PBA import, Mike Singletary. So catch that on GloballyBallin.com. The Globally Ballin' Network has several shows, including an Eternity of Basketball together with Hang Time with Cassie G. Rhonda and the Globally Ballin' Podcast they are on YouTube as well, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out all their social media. And they have lots of articles on the site as well. Check out the website, globallyballin.com, for all original articles on a wide variety of topics in sports from leagues and countries all over the world. Ito namang ang Eternity of Basketball. We are now on YouTube. You can check out all our episodes, past episodes on YouTube. Listen to us on Spotify and Anchor as well. Uh, lots of ways to view or listen to an Eternity of Basketball. So there's no reason to miss any of our episodes. And today is episode number 62, and we've had some NBA personalities come on the show in the past. But this one's a 17-year NBA veteran, and five months ago, before the P- uh, the NBA restarted in the, uh, the bubble in Orlando, he was gracious enough to grant me an interview. So we got to uh, talk about a few things about his career. And now that the NBA is about to restart again uh, with the preseason games beginning today, he's our guest on episode 62 of AOB. First of all, I'm Charlie Kuna. Together with Sid Ventura and Noel Zarate, as usual. And Noel Zarate is no longer in the PBA bubble. He has been liberated. He's now at home. (laughs) So his internet should be better today. But our guest today, it's a pleasure for us, uh, basketball fans who grew up particularly watching the NBA in the 1980s. So we're excited to talk to this fellow today. He's also been a coach in the Philippines for about a decade, uh, more than a decade already, for teams like San Miguel Meralco and now TNT Giga. Coach Alton Lister, Arizona uh, State legend, course played for several teams in the, in the NBA, including particularly the Milwaukee Bucks, Golden State Warriors, and Seattle Supersonics. Little time in Boston and Portland as well. Coach, welcome to our show. It's a privilege to have you with us today. Well, hey,
0: thank you for inviting me. I think this is uh, great to be a part of this. Uh, eternity of basketball and I look forward to uh, let's just ha- let's just have a good time with it and and uh, I can give you guys some stories, some history and uh, uh. Uh, uh, and I don't I don't know about the stories. We might have to censor some of them but,
4: <laughs> <laughs> them be we, fine, might, but
0: for, we might have be we might have some kids watching so I have to I have to you know, tamper it a little bit
4: we're trying we try to bleep it out later coach. So we, okay. coach
0: let's let's start from the start because it's a
4: long journey I mean your your NBA career alone 17 years and then you have your coaching uh, stuff and then you were in college as well great college career uh you were born in Dallas if I'm not mistaken Is yes that right so yes. you grew up in Dallas I suppose it, it was there in Dallas where you were first introduced to this game of basketball how did it start who who introduced it to you who were your your inspirations, your your influences that got you into this game that, that eventually turned into a 17-year NBA career?
0: Well, first of all, let me say it was pretty difficult because Texas is traditionally a football state. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, everything was about uh, the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. They had the glory uh, years back then when I was growing up, and I was a big, football fan. But I just so happen to have a brother that was my role model. Uh and he is if you he went to, he attended uh Sam Houston State University. Mm-hmm. And um, I followed his career when I was young. And if you Google him, uh he has just about every uh record in the history books of Sam Houston State. Um, mm-hmm. The unfortunate thing, he's, he's deceased now, but growing up, he was my role model. Um, I was just a tall, uh, lanky kid that really uh, didn't like basketball because I was so shy and, you know, my body was uh, not uh, ready for um, where I would say you know, to go out and, and perform. And it just, I was a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. And and along the way, uh, I played basketball early on. Then I, I stopped playing. I got in the band. I was one of the tallest trombone players in oh, okay. high school. And uh, mm-hmm. so, um, and eventually I got back on track when I got in high school. And uh, I started back playing and, Things just kind of moved on from that point.
4: How tall were you already by then, Coach?
0: Well, um, I was always tall, and and the thing with me, um, back back then, I remember in high school, um, I was six five as a sophomore, and every time we would have a holiday break and come back to school, they say, "Man, look like you ain't got tall." And that's when I had, that's when I really had my growth spurts in high school. And I grew from uh, 6'5 to 6'10 by, by the time I was a senior. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and so you then, were
4: obviously wow. highly recruited because you were the tallest guy on campus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I actually took the junior college. I took the junior mm-hmm. college route right. uh, my uh, first year out of uh, high school. Didn't have the grades. Uh, I wasn't a qualifier. So I went to, back then, you could go to junior college for one year and then Mm -hmm. transfer. Now the rule is you have to uh, go and complete, get a degree, and then transfer. Yeah. So actually, I got recruited out of high school. So I went to all my visits out of high school. Then after I had my one year and a lot of success in junior college, Mm -hmm. um, I was able to take six more visits. And we were fortunate enough to win uh, the national championship uh, in junior college. I went to San Jacinto Junior College right. in mm-hmm. Texas. And uh, they produced a lot of pros from right. that program.
4: That's a factory. That, that you know, Sam Cassell, mm-hmm. Steve, Stevie yeah. Franchise, yes. Walter Berry,
0: all these guys, you know, Liddell
4: Eccles. They you know, yes. all came from San Jack, right?
0: Yes. And, um, you know, it's... Um, uh had a lot of success unfortunately they they uh the program is no longer in existence uh they it was one of the top programs i think over the 30 years we won about seven championships so it's a great uh you know beginning for me to get in the right situation uh going to junior college having a lot of success you know I, i led the nation in blocks and rebounding uh, my freshman year, and then I moved on to a four-year university.
3: Okay, You did mention about your older brother. I believe his name is James Lister, who also uh, actually played here in the Philippines as well. Uh, how did he convince you to move to basketball after being a big Tom Landry-Dallas D- Cowboys fan?
0: Well, it just happened. I had a lot of people that were putting a lot of pressure on me. and said, you walked around here you know, and, and, uh you know, extremely tall. Um, and it's just, it just felt like I was a basketball player and I started to believe the things that they would say, say, man, you should give it a try. You should give it a try. And then I really started focusing on his game. He started working with me. I started playing against older players and, you know, I started to feel like, Hey, maybe I might have a chance. And, um, so that's when I started to focus on basketball at that point. I put the trombone down um, <laughs> so, <laughs> my, my yeah. freshman year. I put it down and then I started um, just focusing on basketball. Yeah, I was thinking you'd probably go to Junior's or something
3: like that, uh, become a trombone major or something. No, but if you were to play basketball, what were your goals? Did you plan to become a, a corporate guy? What, what were your other plans besides basketball if you hadn't followed the basketball route? Well,
0: you know, one of the coaches told me uh, back in the day, you know, we, we had limited choices. He said that um, uh, maybe if I didn't play basketball, that I would probably go into the education field and, you know, be a teacher. No, and um, you know, I, I wasn't really thinking that that's, that was something that I wanted to do because I didn't never really like school. Until I had to do it in college and I eventually got my degree and all that. But that was my problem in high school. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't qualify coming out of high school. I just I just did not like, you know, school. And so um, he told me that, you know, you're going to be, you know, extremely tall. Uh, You're going to have your clothes are going to be extremely expensive. Um, and that you might as well focus on something that can afford you to pay for those things. Right, right. Yeah.
2: Well, okay.
1: yeah. well Coach, yeah, uh, in a way you did end up becoming a teacher since you're, you're, a, you're a coach right now, and coaching really is all about teaching, right? Uh, but what I wanted to ask you is, uh, how did you end up at the Arizona State University uh, after your junior college just did?
0: Well, there was a coach there by the name of Jim Newman, and okay. um, he was a guy that uh, when I first initially talked to him, he was at New Mexico State, and then he got the uh, a coaching assistant coaching job at Arizona State, and um, he was just a great recruiter. I mean, unbelievable. He he recruited myself, Byron Scott, Fat Lever, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Al King. I mean, Al King ended up going. To uh, Maryland, uh, Kevin Willis uh, from Michigan State. He was an incredible wow. talker. Yeah, yeah. And and I hey, saw wait, wait, that, when you
4: say Al King, that's Albert King, the brother of Bernard, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And and uh, Benoit Benjamin, another former NBA player. I saw yeah. all the guys that they were recruiting and and guys that had committed to Arizona State. And at the time, Arizona State had had a lot of great success but not a powerhouse. Mm -hmm. And I've just felt like I wanted to be a part of a program where we could kind of, you know, uh, develop our own culture, uh, get the right players in there, and make a name for ourselves. And also, uh, we were moving into the Mm -hmm. Uh, Pac-12. Yeah, when I first initially was in junior college there in the Pac-10, and then I really like the fact that they were moving to the Pac-12. They were in the whack. And then I mm-hmm. said, "Hey, you get a chance to play UCLA, which was a powerhouse, and all see. the uh, top schools that that um, were in the Pac- Pac-10 uh, at the time." I said, "Hey, I want to be a part of that."
4: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a high-profile uh, program. I mean, where where you were at that time, and your coach was was Coach Walk, right?
0: Yeah, Coach Ed Wolk. Yeah and mm-hmm. um great great guy uh i and when i when i took my uh, my visit there i just felt at home you know you kind of know and and i had visited so many schools man and so many schools were recruiting me i that particular program just really hit home with me i liked the players i liked the coaches i just it had a great feel to it and um also, my sister was able to attend Arizona State with me at the time, so mm-hmm. I, that was the deal that that that, that kind of helped that whole deal. And and um, I'm glad that I went that route with Arizona
4: was State. Was she a, was she an athlete as well, Coach? Your sister?
0: No, no. I just told them, look, the only way y'all gonna get me, y'all gotta sign her too, get her education. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> package deal.
4: it was a package deal.
0: That was a package deal, and they uh-huh. went along with it, and so I ended up. Uh, you know going going to school with her for four years, and she ended up getting her degree, so it worked out for everybody. It' was a win-win it, was, it,
4: it wasn't too much of an adjustment uh, like weather wise environment wise because Texas and, and Arizona are pretty similar as far as climate and everything, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's similar, yeah. it wasn't too far away. you know um my mom could still come visit and watch me play and I and you know, Arizona was just it's just unique. it was the desert. I love the weather. Um, it was just a great program. And one of the things that they said to me, you know, you really have to understand, not only I feel like you have an opportunity basketball-wise, but we're really going to help you get your degree. And, you know, every mother wants to hear that. And mm-hmm. that was a selling point. They they start recruiting her. They start recruiting me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, you know, that was something that, they promised her, and, and it eventually happened. And, and uh, so that's that was one of the big reasons why I attended Arizona State. Yeah,
3: also one of, the, one of the frustrations probably in your career is that you're supposed to be an Olympian. You were actually selected to the United States basketball yes. team for the 1980 Olympics. Unfortunately, the boycott happened. So what was that like, knowing that you're going to be an Olympian and then all of a sudden you're not going to Moscow?
0: yeah man, it, you know, politics and, and basketball don't mix. Yeah. And they boycotted uh, Afghanistan that year. Uh, it, but the games were in um, Russia, and we just I mean, we had prepared, uh, we went to, to Kentucky for the Olympic trials. Uh, they put us through all that work. I mean, I mean, it was it was a great experience for me. I loved mm-hmm. it. But then at the last minute when we were getting ready to go, they shut it down. They shut mm-hmm. everything. None mm-hmm. of the sports were able to, to uh, yeah. participate. So that's one of my biggest uh, disappointments because I really want to represent you know, the United States uh, in the Olympics. That's everybody's dream to represent their country.
4: Okay, can yeah. you we'll take the through team. that yeah. process? The, the process yeah, of yeah. Uh, how you were yes, invited yeah. to the camp and all of that, and how, how many you were at the start, and how the practices went as they cut and cut until the final 12. How did that go? Uh, it
0: was just, you know, every day, typical, uh, just, you know, typical like a trial. Uh, we worked out twice a day, and they were evaluating every aspect of. Of the game because they had to, you know, they had to make the right selections, and uh, it was hard. It was intense, um, but you know, at the end of the day, I survived it. Uh, there was a a lot of really, it was probably fifty players there, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of great players, and I was, you know, fortunate enough to that that I stuck out in the minds of the. Guys, that were making the selections, and um, you know, I just I had a I had a good week, I guess, <laughs> and and yeah, you yeah. know, I had no idea that I I made the team because they said after everything was done, we we're gonna post it on uh, on the uh, on the schedule for that day after we finish, we're gonna post it on the wall going into the gym so everybody was all you know around gathered around looking to see if their name was up there i was in the back i said man you know i don't think i have opportunity even though i played well and when i went up there and i saw my name man i i was i was like it was one of the best feelings that i have experienced (laughs) in basketball and uh
3: who else was on that team uh besides yourself and who was the coach? Supposed
0: to be the coach. Uh, Larry Brown, Dave Gavitt was the coach, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you guys Gavitt. remember him, but Larry Brown was assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Rolando Blackman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had Mark Aguirre, <laughs> uh wow. Isaiah Thomas, uh, Rolando Blackman. Uh, who else? Um, Sam Bowie, Al Woods, Michael Brooks, right, Buck Williams. Wow. Uh, wow. Danny Range. So we had most of the guys that were on that team were first rounders.
4: Yeah, um, yeah. The, yeah. And they all made it to the NBA, all those names that you just said. All made it yeah. to the NBA. Yeah. And
0: they right? had and yeah. they had long careers. Bill mm-hmm. Hansley. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it was it was a great group of guys. Uh, D- Donnell Valentine.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kansas.
0: Yeah. So um, you know, we had we had a good chemistry. I think we were picked to win it. And that was the mm-hmm. time back then where they only used collegiate players. The pros right, right. were not um, able to play back then, but then they came to a point where we were playing against pros from other countries mm-hmm. and we just couldn't compete. Cause I mean, they played, they were teams that had played and they played together, you know, year round. And, and uh, so, um, they just decided that um, they want to go to pro route, but I, I don't think they did that to win ninety. What I forget what year when they started adding pros. Ninety it was the first dream team. In 90, but, yeah.
4: but ninety-two was the first yeah. dream team. Yeah. Yeah, because
0: team. because uh, I think I think uh, the the last team that used collegiate players did do very well. Yeah, yeah they got the Yeah, and. Everybody was saying, "Hey, we got to do something different," and mm-hmm. that's what they did. They implemented pros, and they only started using one collegiate player. Was yeah. part of that group,
2: the Christian that's Leitner.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah coach, uh, who, who were the some of the guys who beat out for your spot? You said you you didn't expect to make it. You were you were surprised that you made the I- final twelve, but. Yeah, uh how was the competition like for you know a center spot?
0: Well, it was the best in the country. It was it was all, I know it was a young Patrick Ewing there, uh wow. just coming out of high school. Uh he was he was there. Um another guy who went high in the draft, Steve Johnson. I don't know mm-hmm. if y'all yeah. remember him, played. Yeah, from Portland. Played in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't recall all the names that were there, but mm-hmm. it Which was Ralph Johnson there? No. No, no, Ralph was no, no, there, okay. but it was a it was the best of the best, mm-hmm. and and uh, it was very intense, and you know we were they were uh, we were um, you know very scrutinized and and um, they watched every aspect of what we brought to the table in terms of our game, and um, you just went out and played and 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 uh, did your best. And I was just very one of the fortunate ones um, to be a part of that.
4: But then, yeah, you he got to know. keep all your practice gear, right? You got you got to keep all the USA uh, uniforms and everything.
0: Yeah, we kept all that. Actually, they had <laughs> they had this thing called a gold medal series once. Mm-hmm. And what what happened was we played in played against uh, NBA players in six NBA cities, um, and. We traveled around, played against them in a gold medal series. Um, and we eventually had, um, I think we played against the nineteen, the seventy-six team to cap it off. And we ended up winning by one point. Okay. And then they had us all go to the White House. And uh, we had a big celebration there. You know, all the athletes from every sport went to the White House and, and, um, they just, they they wanted to reward us for all our hard work. And, uh, you know, it was, it wasn't the Olympics, but, you know, it was something that close. And like I said, I, I have a gold medal. I have a gold mm-hmm. medal and all that. So um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm really proud to be a part of that whole experience. That's yeah, right. just to so you know, the, the, president, the
3: president of the United States at the time was actually still Jimmy Carter. <laughs> when yeah. When you guys went to the White House. <laughs> Yeah, so actually,
0: yeah, actually, yeah. exactly. And actually, uh, we, when we went to the White House, we all met him, you know, and and that was part of the um, the celebration for us uh, to go to the White House. And they had uh, just a big event for us. It w- It was incredible. And mm-hmm. I got to choose to bring two people with me. And I brought my sister and I brought my mother so they mm-hmm. got a chance to um, experience that as well that's great think about, yeah, think about great. it
3: coach that was 40 years ago how many about this time
2: 40 years ago. 40. you said,
3: 40 years you, said <laughs> wait a minute, you said 40
0: years ago oh yeah. my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah
4: but what it journey,
0: yeah feels and like it was me- just
4: yesterday Coach. she said it's fresh in your memory though
0: well hey that that Boy, I can't even imagine. And, you know, I'm thinking about when I retired. How long it has been? I mean, it's time flies fast, man. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, right. You it's retired 22 years, years ago, ago, actually, man. That, oh, yeah. you a, yeah. I, mm-hmm. Are you a stat guy, analytical guy, or what?
4: <laughs> no,
3: I, I just you just, I just all the numbers, on Sometimes
0: <laughs> I try to forget. Hey, I try to forget the numbers from the past.
3: <laughs> But it was 22 years ago when you called it a career in the NBA. But it did start for you in 1981, one of the more loaded drafts in the NBA at the time. So what was it like being there and then, uh, you know, having your name called uh, as the 21st overall pick?
0: Well, you know what? Uh, back then, uh, and it still happens now, they have us go and and, and um, try out for teams. They they. They bring you in. We didn't have the combine back then, mm-hmm. so what teams would do would fly you in, work you out, and interview you, and do it all there. So I had Milwaukee never was on my radar. They never invited me uh, to come and work out and interview. So I I had no idea. I actually thought that I was going to be drafted by the Lakers, mm-hmm. uh, and and ended up drafting by Milwaukee it worked out because they had a hall of famer there, uh, Bob Lanier. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. and he was kind of getting to the point where he was kind of at the end of his career. Yeah. And they wanted to bring in a, a young, you know, uh, young big guy so that he could uh, mentor and develop. And it worked out really well for me with Bob and, and Don Nelson. Um, uh, uh, um, I'm trying to think of their the uh, Wayne Emery. I kept seeing yeah. Wayne. Yeah, he's the general manager at the team That's right. for the team, mm-hmm. and I kept seeing it at all our games, right? And but it never, I never put one and one together that he, you know, he was there to really evaluate me. But he, we never had a conversation, anything like that. And uh, he was really instrumental in, in uh, drafting me along with don nelson so uh when i got my name called i mean it was it was phenomenal you know that was just another um, highlight of my career
1: mm-hmm. yeah so you were drafted uh, 21st overall yeah. right 1984 yeah. was this uh, what you expected or heading into draft uh, what uh, what uh, uh, intelligence were you receiving on how high are you going to go?
0: I thought I was going to go higher, but I didn't play as well uh, in the NCAAs because, you know, we were ranked third in the nation and we had mm-hmm. all that talent. Like I said, we had Fat Lever, Byron Scott. We had actually uh, five NBA players that got drafted uh, off of that team. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and we lost early. We lost to Kansas in the first round so we were mm-hmm. we were number one seed but i what i didn't understand is that we're the number one seed but we we're playing in wichita against uh-huh. kansas so no. all <laughs> their fan base was there yeah. right you know right. yeah and so they came in and and um uh, they upset us but i mean we we had the talent. i mean we had pros on on the floor yeah. and we just yeah. You know, in the NCA, you have one bad game, or if you don't play up to uh, yeah. your capabilities, you know, it's one and done. It's over. You don't have no do overs,
4: mm-hmm. right? And right.
0: Um, so it was a it was a major shock for us. And um, I just played okay, and then I played in a lot of. Uh, they had a lot of uh, different. Uh, tournaments that for for guys that were seniors to go. They had the Rainbow Classic. I played in another tournament in Vegas. And these were all events to evaluate all the top uh, draftees that were coming out that year. And I I just played okay. I just played Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, But I was thinking I I was going to go higher, but I didn't. But it worked out really good for me because – by being drafted by Milwaukee uh, the year before they lost by one point in the Eastern conference finals to the Sixers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, and uh, so when I got drafted, I was the only rookie on that team on a veteran team. And so I came in and really had to pay my dues and learn and, and they really wanted to invest, uh, you know, developing me to be the, the, the heir apparent to Bob Lanier. And he mm-hmm. worked with me for a lot of years and probably around my fourth year when he got ready to retire. You know, he said, I think, big fella, it's time for you to take over. I think, I think uh, you're ready. And then after that, um, you know, I started to really, you know, have some success in Milwaukee. But up until that point, man, we were always – uh, we won the Central Division every year I was every there. Year. I, my, mm-hmm. Yeah, my five years, I, my first five years, we won it five years in a row. We went to the Eastern Conference Finals three out of my five years. But the mm-hmm. problem was there was a team called the 76ers oh. and, and the so... Celtics <laughs> that we. Yeah, could one not, or the other. Yeah, we. Yeah. If, one one year we swept the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And I think this was the 83. And then, so we're thinking, hey, you know, now it's finally we swept the Celtics. We had always had a problem with them or the Sixers. Now, we the next round we play the Sixers and they won the championship. That's when they just (laughs) had acquired Moses Moses Malone. Malone.
1: They they swept the Lakers in the finals,
0: yeah, exactly. So, um it was just one of those things where we had a lot of success, man, a lot of success in Milwaukee, but we just could not get over the hump.
4: You know, Coach, you know, timing I, is everything. Yeah, timing I'm is everything.
3: Looking, yeah, I'm looking at your rookie year, your, uh, Coach Alton. You actually did not too shabby, 8.4 points and 7.1 rebounds, but, you know, probably the big surprise is you got five MVP votes on I your am. rookie year. How that did that happen, Coach? Hey, you
0: tell me. <laughs> the 21st thing getting five MVP votes
3: for that hey, year. I, I mean
0: that was a hey, year. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Yeah. <laughs> did,
4: you, did you ever did you ever find out which uh which of these voters uh these guys were? These five guys probably on the one of those of them. volunteer, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know what how they how they tabulated those votes back then, but you know uh, what what year was that again?
1: 81. 81, 82.
0: 82, 82 yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I thought, you know, I maybe I they felt like I was an impact player and, and uh at that time I was coming off the bench, I was starting. Actually that's when uh Bob and I played together. So, you know, they, they just kind of let me roam around and I was weak side blocking shots and didn't have a whole lot of pressure on me to, you know, be the guy and and but I was a starter and, and you know I played really well in the in the playoffs and I, I, I felt like maybe they thought that was enough for me to, to garnish those votes. But yeah. uh yeah, that's hey, I'll take them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that was a pretty loaded team. I just want to add that some of your teammates on that team, uh Terry Cummings, Ricky oh. Pierce, oh. um who says Paul Pressey. Uh, I
2: think
3: you still Marcus had Marcus Johnson, Johnson Marcus on that Johnson, team, man. Yeah, right. and, uh, and for me, one of the greatest defenders of all time, Sidney Moncrief. Sidney Moncrief. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Man, let me, yeah. let, me say, let me tell you what they let me tell you what they
0: always say about Milwaukee. We're the most underrated team that did mm-hmm. not win a championship. Yeah, and that's yeah. what we're known for. Cause again, we won the Central Division five straight years. I agree. Okay. And that was against a young Michael Jordan when he was in Chicago and all that. Um, but again, the two teams that we had problems with <laughs> were Philly and Boston because either one of those teams were winning it. And it was always the Celtics and the Lakers in the finals. The East <laughs> was the powerhouse back then. Now the power mm-hmm. has shifted to the West. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah.
4: Coach, I wanted to backtrack a little bit. What do you remember about? draft day. I mean, were you actually there uh, when, when they called your name? Did you have to go up on stage, put on a jacket and a cap and shake no, Larry no, O'Brien's they, hand?
0: They weren't doing that back then.
1: Yeah, I think we, it was different. Yeah,
0: yeah. We, we we were at home uh, mm-hmm. watching it on television and uh, uh, just waiting to see, you know, what exactly was going to happen. We, You know, People say, "Hey, you're gonna go first round." I knew I was gonna go first round, but they—they, I didn't know exactly what pick. Uh, I had some great workouts, and uh, when I visit the teams and try it out and everything, but um, I just didn't know. And then once Milwaukee, um, you know, called my name, and and uh, then I got a call right away from Don Nelson. Biggest uh, culture shock for me was I went to school in Arizona, right? So when I go to Milwaukee, I didn't own a, a coat, and nobody told me how cold it was there. Man, you're talking about – you, man, I could not believe it when I first got there. I did not I, – I, I think I had just a sweater, right? Because I, I went to school in Arizona State, whereas, you know, 110 in the shade. <laughs> so, so I go to Milwaukee.
3: It's minus ten. Uh, huh?
0: <laughs>
3: you go minus to Milwaukee. 10. It's minus ten.
0: At minus ten, <laughs> and you got the the wind that's coming from uh, coming off of Lake Michigan. Yeah, and and, and it's uh, man, I couldn't believe it my first year. So you know, I had to get acclimated to that. I had to get acclimated <laughs> to the Midwest. You know, it, it was a different city. Our older city, not a big market. So but I loved it. I, I really loved it and yeah. I love playing for Don Nelson. Don Nelson coached me for 10 years. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, I think no, I, I think yeah, uh Janice, yeah. Yeah, go
3: ahead,
1: yeah, no, I think Janice Antetecompo also had the same reaction when he first uh yeah. moved to Milwaukee, uh from Greece. The yeah, same thing about the same thing about the weather. Yeah, well I just wanted to uh for the benefit of everyone, uh uh, go through the list of uh, people, uh, players drafted in the '81 draft before you, coach. Uh, okay. Uh, some famous, uh, many of them went on to become uh, champions and uh, all stars. First pick was Mark Upwire. Yes. Second was uh, Isaiah Thomas, and then the third was Buck Williams. Those three. Uh, he was uh, rookie of the yeah. year. Yeah. Man, uh, let, let
0: me year. let me let me stop right there. Buck mm-hmm. was a problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Buck yeah. was a problem on the court, man. I mean, he was – and I had to – you know, I had – I was playing the four back then, and I always used to match up with him. I mean, he was a no-nonsense. And now, uh, in terms of that position, it's really not a power position. Guys are more wow. stretched and yeah. more versatile can do more things. But he was 6'8", but you talking about tough as nails. Buck, right. Buck was – he was he was uh, a tough yeah. tough guy to play against,
1: yeah. and he also had a a long career. I think he he retired in 1998 or 1999. Yeah, yeah,
0: 1999. Portland, right? Yeah. Portland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was another mm-hmm. guy, unfortunately, that you know wasn't able to get that get that ring. But mm-hmm. you know he had a yeah. long he had a long uh, he had a long career.
4: Yeah, but everybody
0: yeah. respected him. Yeah. Everybody was
4: uh, intimidated by yeah. him. I remember Terry Catledge getting decked.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah. This, uh, you talk. I mean, you know, we talk about strong, but he was country strong. You know, mm-hmm. guys that from the south, <laughs> are, seem like they country they just a little that. strong. We call it country strong, and yeah, you know, I've heard, like, I heard of that term. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
3: and uh, he was. Oh my God, man! <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mentioned you yeah. mentioned you had a workout with a few teams. You thought you're going to be drafted with the Lakers, so you did have a workout with the Lakers, uh, I guess before, before you got drafted. Am I right? Yes. Yes.
0: I ju- I worked out with about five teams.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so when you were working out with the Lakers, I mean, Byron Scott eventually wound up with the Lakers, but what was it like going up against a young Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I mean, he had just moved a couple of few years before from Milwaukee to Los Angeles, but now you had to work out. Did you work out against guys like Kareem at the time yeah. when you were there? Yeah. yeah, he was there. And, and, uh,
0: you know, they brought him in, and and we <laughs> we they yeah we talked, and you know we got on the court, and yeah, he was he was there, uh, just trying to get a feel for my game and and what I would uh, what I presented uh, mm-hmm. to the game, and how could I fit into their system, what they were looking for. Yeah, but uh, it, it you know. Um, I was kind of in awe at first, you know, because he was my idol. Okay. He was my idol growing up. That's who I really admired. Uh, that Skyhook, Hook, I mean, unbelievable. And then when I first met him, I mean, a great guy. Um, and, you know, so I, that's where I thought I was going to get drafted. But um, it was just a good experience meeting him, working out with him, him teaching me some things. Uh talking about the game of basketball we 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 even went out to dinner and you know so it was a good experience
3: I mean,
4: Coach, when you were when you were, uh, when you were a rookie in 1980 in 1981 you were a rookie noel usually asks this question to our guests who was the first nba veteran that actually hit you hard and said welcome to the nba young guy yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well a couple of guys mm-hmm. um i think one of the strongest guys that well, I, first of all, let me just, and then I answer a question. Uh-huh. You know, I'm this rookie and I'm blocking shots and I'm saying, man, ain't nobody going to dunk on me. You know, I'm not <laughs> going to get dunked on. Next game, I got dunked on by Kareem. And, <laughs> and that's when I learned you just humble yourself and you just got to play. But playing against like Artist Gilmore, Daryl Dawkins, Daryl Dawkins. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Man, Daryl, Daryl Dawkins go for a dunk. You just turn your head and, and, and go the other way. Because I mean it ain't, it's not any blocking that. Yeah. And guys were guys were big and every team had legitimate big guys. The ball started in, then it went out. So I mean, and they had, I mean, it was just impactful <laughs> players that played the center position. I can go down a longer list of guys that, Uh, you know, that, uh, that, but one that really probably uh, shook some sense into me, uh, (laughs) hitting me really hard, probably was Bob in practice. He probably was getting mad at me because I was all arms and elbows and I would, you know, I would, you know, elbow him or something and, and he would retaliate, you know, so I, I got the, playing against him in practice may be much tougher against anybody. And, um, so it, it, I, I mean, it's just a long list of guys that I could, you know, that I could name you. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking
3: maybe Bill Ambeer, Bill Ambeer got you when you were playing, you were competing for the central yeah.
0: division. Anyway, right? Bill, Bill, yeah, Bill Ambeer. I couldn't stand, man. Mm-hmm. I used to go <laughs> at him, yeah. you know, but he was very smart. Um, you know, he could shoot the fifteen footer, right. uh, pass the ball, tough as nails, rebound. I'm telling you, that's every night. Every night you play against guys that yeah, uh, yeah added different elements to their game or different problems that you know you had to deal with. Cause they again, every team had multiple seven footers. Right. And um, you know, they all like Moses Malone. Elijah won. I mean, I can just go down the list. Uh, he yeah. hit me one time, too, and James Donaldson, uh, Duckworth. <laughs> oh, <yes>. yeah. <laughs> they, they yeah, yeah, so them, much, they, so much they, quality
4: big so guys hard. back then, Coach, right? Not, not yeah. like now. The center position was really an important position back then. They'd really need those big guys inside before.
0: Yeah, yeah and that, that was uh, the main focal, and they actually said if you didn't have that, you couldn't win a championship, and that was true for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, the
2: to go
1: back. Yeah. Just want to go back to the the draft. Coach, He said you were expecting to be picked by the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they they had the 19th pick, uh, and they picked Mike McGee, oh, uh, who, who actually briefly played in the PBA in the 1990s. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mike yeah, he McGee played here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. He, and then he's after a that score. came Mar- yeah, yeah, yeah. Score. He's so they went for uh, a guard forward instead of a center. And then after that was Larry Nance, who also well, went, went up.
0: Uh, one of the things, Larry and I went on the visit together when, when <coughs> we both, yeah, we both visited the Lakers together. So we were there together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, continue. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, then, then after Larry Nance, uh, you were picked by, by, right. uh, by the Bucks. So yeah, that was a very loaded draft. Uh, before you yeah, also came uh, yeah. Rolando Blackman, Tom Chambers, uh, yeah, Albert King, Danny Shays, Herb Williams, uh, Darnell yeah. Valentine. Yeah. So yeah, that's high quality. All of these that's high quality, are, quality yeah, very, very very high quality. And then the <laughs> thirty-first pick was Danny Ainge. Actually, I just, sorry, I just had to put that out because I myself well, he was
0: a baseball <laughs> player. Yeah, he was a baseball, <laughs> yeah, a baseball player, and, and the Celtics. You know, worked their magic and was able to draft him low. Um, and he ended up being an extremely good player. He's mm-hmm. another guy that I didn't like. You know, just. <laughs> <laughs> just they called him the mean Mormon. <laughs> hey, I mean, just one of those guys that initiate the first hit and then you retaliate and then they call a foul on you. <laughs>
2: yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
0: No, like- and, then, and then he's always got this smirk on his face and whining. and
4: Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like Bill Lambier, so like they're kind of the same, right? In that yeah, he's right?
0: a he's a big uh, smaller version of Bill Lambier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think he was a little more fiery than Bill Lambier. I mean, you know, he was yeah, always yeah, yeah sure all
0: that's in the
3: finger, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, Beer
1: was like cool, you know, he he'd play uh, rugged and dirty, but he had a blank expression on his face. He exactly.
3: Was,
4: yeah, was always all he fired was pretty, up, right? He's feisty, yeah, yeah. He took on Tree Rollins, remember? Yeah,
0: he took yeah, on yeah. Tree Rollins, right in the head, too. <laughs> yeah, where, where did Tree bite him at? Tree <laughs> bite in, in the head. Yeah,
4: hand. He yeah. on the finger. Yeah, on the finger. Oh,
0: yeah. 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 finger. Wow. <laughs> that's what they I say, mean, of
4: course. Tree's got just, a different version.
0: But just the fact that Danny Ainge would go after somebody who's 7 1, you know, that, that, <laughs> either he's crazy or, 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 you know, just don't I know any better.
3: Good.
4: I think he's you know, crazy. You know, I, I <laughs> want
3: to go back to that Milwaukee team. You know, the first five years of your yeah, career, yeah. That, was a, that was like almost the perfect starting fight right there. And then you have Paul yeah. Pressey becoming the first point forward. So many innovations that Don Nelson introduced to the game. What was it like playing with that special group of guys, Cummings, Deers, well, well, you know, Moncrief?
0: Well, let me tell you, this is what happened. They made a trade because when I first got there, uh, they wanted to get younger. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so they traded Marcus Johnson, uh, Harvey Ketchins, and Junior Bridgman. Right. And then to the, to, the, to the Clippers. And then we ended up getting Terry Cummins, Craig Hodges, and Ricky Pierce. Ricky Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So mm-hmm. that was the beginning of, you know, a really special team, young. And Terry came in, man. Terry was an unbelievable player. Yeah. Sydney. You know, unfortunately, Sydney, uh, they told him uh when he got drafted that he would probably only play about eight to nine years. I'm glad he made the Hall of Fame. But mm-hmm. he was very underrated, one of your first two way players, you right. know, tough. Uh I remember the first year I got there, he's six four. He led us score scoring, rebound, assists, and the way he played, and he used to take uh, a punishment, you know, for his size. And I, and I talked to him I, and I said, man, I don't know if your career is going to last, you know, too long, but you playing the way you play. And, uh, but he was tough as nails. Great he defender. So he was really, really good. Terry, Terry was, um, extremely talented, you know, and he actually, he was the second pick. He was a rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Craig Hodges was a, a specialist. He's a three-point shooter. So right. with what we had, uh, along with Pressy, myself, and then we had the three-headed center with Brewer, Mokeski, yeah, Mokeski. and myself. Paul so we yeah. So you know we we Nelly and Nelly was very innovative in how he played. He he initiated the position, a point forward position. He started with Marcus Johnson playing that position and then Pressey took took over it. Um so he was very innovative as a coach, uh a winner. Just I mean I, I love playing for Don Nelson and mm-hmm. um and I played most of my career for him.
4: Do you, are you still in touch with Don Nelson up to this day? I mean have you seen him? You see you see how he looks now with that with that man, gangster look right, with the hair man, and the change and all of
0: that? No, I I, I I don't know what Nelly's doing these days or what he's going through. <laughs> Nah. He's over there selling some cannabis. He yeah, got the cannabis.
4: <laughs> he's and, come a long way from those fish ties, huh?
0: Exactly, and he's got his hair like Pat Riley used to have. Yeah, right, it. right. Exactly.
4: He's, he's got it. some, scrap, he got some scruff around the, the, you know, like a goatee.
3: Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Coach Alton, I'm pretty sure Don Nelson shared about his his Celtics stories. I mean, what made him a winner? What made the Celtics a winner? I mean, what what were the stories he shared with you about being a winner? As part of that great organization, the Boston Celtics.
0: Well, first of all, it's a mystique that they had when you when you played against the stealth the Celtics, you were already basically knowing that you know it was going to be a, a a tough game, and they they just knew how to play the right way. They had really good, smart basketball players with uh, high IQs. Everybody understand their roles. They were very unselfish. Um, they were just tough at every position, and especially. I mean, when you look at the Celtics, and when I played in my era, and then when Nelly Nelly was part of that when they won uh, the eleven championships with Bill Russell yeah. and all that, um, they just had you know they just had a mystique about them. They had a great coach. Uh, and they just played together and they defended. They pushed the ball, very unselfish. And then they kind of carried over to when they got Larry Bird and
3: uh-huh. McHale and
0: Parrish and which was the greatest front line in the history of the game. Uh, one of the greatest front lines in the history of the uh-huh. game. But mainly just um, just how they, they approached the game. And they just went out and they played every night. Uh and they played together, they played smart, and you know they had they had some exceptional players. When you got Bill Russell, I mean that that that's going to take care of a lot of ills right there, you yeah. know, and he was nothing but a winner. Uh, yeah. he has eleven championships, yep, and then they just fit pieces around them, and uh Cousy and all those guys, I mean they just know how to play, and they yeah. they just had a good thing going for a long time. Well, speaking mm-hmm. about the Celtics, so I mean you happy. had the guys like so Robert Parish,
3: Kevin McHale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sid and I are Celtics fans, actually. So uh, it's great to hear I'm that. So stuff coming you. You. Yeah, I'm so happy yeah. to hear yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah they, no, I mean you guys. Which one? What, now let's let's figure this out. Which one of you guys are Laker fans, and which one are you Celtics?
4: I'm a Laker fan, Coach. Char- Char-
3: Charlie's the Laker fan. Okay. Celtic. All right. Celtic okay. Celtic. Celtic. okay. the two Celtic, Celtic, fans. Celtic fans. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I,
0: I, I we have some you.
3: sort of
4: respect for each
0: other, but yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's, it's always debatable, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but so, you know what? I agree with Charlie when, when he says that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest player of all time. I actually agree with that. From no that's question. That's coming from a Celtics fan, right? <laughs> no,
0: well, no question. Um, you know, again, that's debatable. But he he wasn't as flashy as Michael and how Michael uh, changed the game and everything about him how he looked how he carried himself uh, his charisma Kareem was kind of stoic you know mm-hmm. when he yeah. played he didn't really show a lot of emotion he wasn't really uh, popular with the media mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but I mean he he was a uh, a winner, uh, uh, un-, un, unstoppable shot. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. you think about all the games, all the guys in the games that has you rem- remember them by their signature moves. And mm-hmm. he has one It's the sky hook. That's
2: right.
0: But, um, it was so amazing when I first played against him. I, even though I met him, but when, I mean, I was in R my rookie year mm-hmm. and, uh the same when we played against the Sixers when they had all the talent. But you get over that really quick once you start playing. But um it was just it was just fun and, and uh very competitive being in the Eastern Conference, playing in Milwaukee, uh playing against those teams with great players. Then you go to the West and the Lakers was totally dominating everything with showtime. Right, I mean, did were, you ever
4: they, did you ever get the block the the sky hook uh, coach even once?
0: I probably did. It, it, I think I got it maybe once, but they it probably was goaltending. <laughs> they didn't call it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's that's I remember. Awesome. I remember. Uh, I remember a story. dial Dawkins said he blocked it once, and then Kareem made ten straight. He just adjusted exactly. the uh,
0: yeah, and made yeah. it higher. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. he 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 was so. Good at, I mean, because he was a finesse player, but his setup for that hook, and you know he was going to go over his left shoulder. And he set you up one way, and he always got his position first. So he's working his way down, working his way. He knew exactly on the spot on the floor, uh, the spot on the floor where he wanted to shoot it. Either it was on the right side or the left side. He knew how to get that position first. And you try to stay on that, uh, on his right shoulder, right? Because you know he's going to go over it, right? But some way he set you up, set you up. And then once he got you in that position, it was extended, you know, going across the middle or either going baseline. Right. And he really didn't have a whole mm-hmm. lot of counters uh, to that. It was just an unstoppable yeah. move. And I don't understand why more. Players yeah, don't shoot that exactly. shot today. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. No, he did have, have a counter, Coach but He
3: used his left hand sometimes. You
0: know, yeah, but, but that wasn't his money. That wasn't his bread yeah. and butter.
4: Yeah. It was yeah. sky hook yeah. all the time, all day, Scott, every day. Sky
0: right. hook all day long, man. And that yeah. is the most beautiful shot that I've ever seen. And I shot it, you know. Yeah. I shot yeah. it. Yes. Coach, as a big
1: man coach today, do you still uh, push your players to try that? Uh, no, try I,
0: hey, I try to get them to anything where they can be successful and they can score. You know, that, and I tell them all the time, man, Kareem was, uh, you know, the leading scorer in the NBA history with that yeah. one shot. Why yeah. wouldn't you guys try to implement that? And maybe because it's not sexy, you know, mm-hmm. and it it's it's hard to really develop, and you got to really uh, work on that shot. But I yeah, I work on it with with my guys all the time, you know. And it's yeah. uh, some of them will shoot it, but it's it's not something that's natural for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. But coach oh, I want to ask you since you, you were
3: going against the Celtics uh, a lot, you know, I'm sure you got some Kevin McHale, Robert Parish stories. Uh, how many yeah. elbows you got to the ribs and stuff like that? How how many times Kevin McHale got in your face trying to stop you? And not even Larry Bird
0: yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, let me tell you something. We used to have so many competitive battles. Uh, McHale and I used to have probably we used to get locked up, and he's the only guy every time we played. We, we always get locked up and always went to blows. Uh, he was very tough to guard on that box, man. He was tough. And Parrish, you know, could run the floor. All of them brought different things. You know, I never really guarded Larry because he was more a perimeter guy. Mm-hmm. But um, Parrish and um, Mikhail brought different elements to the game, how they scored. Mikhail was just really, really tough on the box. Parrish, you know, he could run. He shoots that turnaround jumper, which, which yeah, you yeah. could not get to. Yeah. Um, I mean, how do you scout those guys, you know?
1: Good question. And, that's how good and they were.
0: Yeah, that's how good they were. And then, and then Bre- and Larry, who was so unselfish, and that's the thing I liked about the, the players from, you know, my era, they they still scored points, but they were really unselfish, you know. And it it's amazing to be able to do that. And I mean, he was a great passer, high basketball IQ, and couldn't jump over a dollar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> put yeah. You put a dollar. You put a dollar on the floor. Say jump. and couldn't jump over a dollar, but knew how to get position. Right, knew how to right. rebound. Was smart. Knew how to draw. Uh, was really good at drawing fouls, had all mm-hmm. the pump fakes, had all the moves, could shoot with either hand, tough. I mean, just, you know, guys um, just
3: knew how to play back then. Yeah, he just celebrated his, uh, what, his 64th birthday just
4: the other day? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, December yeah. 7th, Larry Bird. Yeah. That's his, that's his yeah. birthday.
3: That's yeah. crazy. I mean,
4: I, I love these stories about the, the Central Division, the East, and all of that with all these great players. Kareem, of course, is was my guy, is my guy until now. Uh, it's great talking to Coach Alton up to this point. We'll take a short break here on AOB. We'll continue because we're, we're we're still in Milwaukee. We haven't even gone to Seattle yet, okay? So right, remind yeah. we remind got- you that the, yeah, AOB <laughs> is a part of the Globally Ballin' Network, so catch the Globally Ballin' podcast, uh, the latest episode with Mike Singletary, former... PBA import as well. Go to globally, go to GloballyBallin.com for different shows, uh, including AOB, Hangtime, and Rwanda. Read original articles with audio projects and video projects, all the social media of GloballyBallin.com. Check that all out. And don't forget, An Eternity of Basketball is on YouTube, is on Spotify and Anchor, so you have no excuse. You can listen to us anytime, anywhere, watch our shows, and keep following An Eternity of Basketball. This is episode 62. We are with Coach Alton Lifter. It's been an amazing talk, and we're only in his first few years. We're not even in Seattle yet. But How did it feel, Coach, after a great run with Milwaukee, all of a sudden you get traded to Seattle for Jack Sigma, and you find yourself in Seattle with Coach Bernie. Pretty good bunch of players there as well. You had Tom, Dale Ellis, and all those guys. How did it feel?
0: No, it felt great. First of all, I was disappointed because we were really close in Milwaukee. Like I say, we had a lot of success. So they felt like they needed to bring in a, a, a different type of center uh, that that they could use to get them over the hump. And so uh, that's when they traded me to Seattle. Uh, Seattle was rebuilding. Uh, they wanted a player that, that could impact right away so that's why Milwaukee pulled the trigger uh, and they were just hey they said hey we getting close getting close but no cigar so I go to Seattle which which actually they thought that it was going to be a rebuilding situation for us there because they had nothing but young players but they had really good t- young players that all had chips on their shoulders they wanted to prove stuff I mean even Dale Ellis was on Dallas bench, never played. Uh, they they traded Al Wood for him.
2: Mm-hmm. And he that's ended
0: that's right. up he ended up uh you know my first year we had three scores that averaged over 20 points a game with X, Xavier McDaniel, uh Tom Chambers and Tom Dale. Chambers Ellis.
4: And, Dale Ellis. Right.
0: and and it was so ironic that uh they asked Red all about who he felt was going to be the worst team in the NBA, and so he happened to say the Seattle SuperSonics, and um, <laughs> which was amazing because you get a lot of guys that have a lot to prove, and even um, you know even with Bernie, uh, he he had just got an opportunity to be a head coach, and he was with Washington as an assistant coach for like 12 years so everybody was kind of hungry and motivated to prove a lot of people wrong so my first year we ended up um going to the uh western conference finals against the lakers Mm -hmm. Uh, we were the eighth seed in the playoffs dallas was the number one seed we beat them okay and then um who do we play next? I'm trying to think. Um, the second team. You guys gotta look do some fact checking. Who's yeah, yeah. the second team would yeah, yeah. on it now, Sid's on it. <laughs> Who?
4: Yeah, yeah. Oh, checking yeah, oh, it, yeah. Checking it right now. Yeah, since our first checker It's only eighty-six, right? 87? 87,
1: 87? 87.
0: 87. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 87 playoffs. My right? first year. And we yeah. we in AC yeah, 87
1: playoffs.
0: We played Dallas which was the number one seed. We beat them.
1: Houston. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. Then that's when Houston had the twin towers. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. With Elijah one and uh, Samson,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: we ended up Mm -hmm. beating them again. They said we were going to finish last in the NBA and we, we barely made it. We had um, more losses than we had wins. We just sneaked into the, uh, for that 8 seed. So we go and beat the number 1 team, uh seeded team, we go and beat Houston. I'm not I don't remember where they were seated. And then uh we ended up playing just the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And that mm-hmm. was the year that I had my best year as a pro. Um yeah. And it was it was phenomenal, you know, to experience that. I just had all the ex- success in <coughs> Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Go to Seattle with a bunch of guys that really, you know, just not big time names. Yeah, you know, I think X was uh, a high draft pick, right? Uh, and Tom was a really good player, and Dale, and and then we had John uh, Maurice Lucas and yeah, Slim no Johnson. So, um, but yeah, we made it to the uh, Western Conference Finals but ran against the team. I think, I'm not sure if the Lakers they won that year. Yeah, they yeah, year. won it. Lakers won it, yeah, First yeah, yeah. of the yeah. back-to-back, yeah. Exactly. And uh, so that was, that was a whole uh, unique experience for me. And then I ended up signing a big contract because that was the last year of my contract. I signed a big contract with Seattle. And, uh, you know, things just started uh, from there. Uh, we had a lot of success when I was in C- Seattle, so yeah. it, it was fun times. I right. loved it. I loved it. Now different. Now we go back to the weather again. Now <laughs> I'm overcast, radio. It's the time. Uh, it was it was um, you know <laughs> leading the nation in suicides because of the weather.
4: Wow, yeah. yeah,
3: Well, you averaged almost a double-double that year, 11.6 points, 9.4 rebounds in your first year with Seattle. Yeah, Yeah, and that
0: was the first time I got hurt because uh, I broke a bone in my foot, and I was out for a while. I think it was uh, we were playing against the Lakers. I think we had seven more games uh, in that regular season. So I missed the first round of that Dallas series. Mm-hmm. and then i then they brought me back um against Houston wasn't a hundred percent, but you know uh still was able to be effective and then uh then by the time we played Lakers, I was you know pretty much uh at the point where I could go and play more minutes
4: mm-hmm. yeah was was it easier to guard Kareem already by this time I mean he was really he was forty something. Yeah, did you have an easier time already against him, or was he still giving you trouble?
0: Uh, at times, he wasn't as consistent as he was when he was younger. Because back when he was younger, he gave you trouble every night. Mm-hmm. Now he give you trouble, you know, and they kind of monitored his minutes. He wasn't playing, but he was still effective. He gets, mm-hmm. you know, they they were a fast break team, mm-hmm. but they whenever they needed to go into half court, they had worthy. Or they had Kareem that they were right. able to go into, so he was still effective, and and James had really stepped up his game. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. 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 Now, so, yeah Magic, right. Magic, <laughs> Magic was
0: the MVP that year. After, yeah, uh, yeah. His first, first MVP, right. and he yeah. actually
1: said before that the '87 team was the strongest Lakers team of the '80s. Um, yeah,
0: I, I, I wouldn't question that, man. they mm-hmm. hey, you talking about? How they pushed the ball and 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 fast break. I mean, they were out there, their wings were sprinting. And they used <laughs> to sprint outside the baseline. You know, that's how they ran wide. And then they would V in once they got around the free throw line. But those guys, man, with magic pushing the ball, I mean, it it was incredible. It was incredible. So you you when you play the Lakers, you better have on your track shoes. 'Cause that <laughs> that that was they yeah. playing the frame,
3: you know. yeah, I was just saying they had a very young Michael Thompson at the time also was actually playing more minutes than Kareem. So uh whoever would be guarding Kareem, they'd bring in Michael Thompson and that probably sat more of the energy out. So by the time they bring in Kareem, whoever's the starting center probably have less energy to guard Kareem. Yeah, That's right. why Kareem was so effective at that time. Yeah,
0: that was a great pickup when they picked up Michael Thompson because he was right. perfect for them. He fitted in perfectly uh, mm-hmm. for what they wanted to do as a backup. Uh, he could score, strong body, really mm-hmm. good player, really good player. And, and uh, you know, you have to add, add – it's just like a puzzle, man. You have to always try to add the right pieces. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he was a big-time piece for him.
4: Hey coach, we're gonna show you some photos you know, I, and uh yeah when you see them, you know, you can tell us what you remember. Here's the first one it says Arizona State, and there you are wearing your number 53. Is there any significant reason why you chose 53?
0: Man, I always just feel like a big man needed a big number. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could be wearing number one, number zero, and all that. And and I just, you know, I, I in high school I wore. 33 because of kareem he's my idol and then when i um and then when i uh trans well in junior college i i don't remember exactly what number i had then but when i but when i uh uh transferred to arizona state uh i kept that number throughout my entire career from yeah. college to the nba but i just thought it was a big man's number you know uh-huh. big man need big numbers
3: Right. Yeah, I thought I thought you wore fifty three because at the time, you know, a very popular movie was was Herbie. Remember the Love Bug Volkswagen? Oh, that was it Herbie's a- number fifty three. Oh no, I, I, no, it wasn't the reason. I, you know,
0: I just, I, there- I, just fell in love with it and kept it, and and um, yeah, you
4: know, and, and then and there weren't too many guys with fifty three, so that was your number. Uh, there
0: there yeah. was one guy by the name of Daryl Dawkins, but yeah, uh, well, let yeah. me tell you a story about Daryl. Yeah. Uh, when I was in the NBA, both of us wore that number. And, and, you know, I was early in my career and he's like, man, we might need to change this number because Daryl was getting foul trouble as well. He said, I think the officials are picking on this number, man, because <laughs> I think this is a bad luck number because, you know, one year I led the league in personal fouls and Daryl was always getting in foul trouble. And we actually had a, a running Conversation on the court about man, what you think we're gonna change that number or what? Because these officials, these officials <laughs> right. are not showing us any love, yeah, yeah. And
4: Daryl's Darryl. a character, they got you, rest yeah. in peace, man. But but there you yeah. are playing against UC, that's UCLA that you're playing against. There, I wonder who that center yeah. was guarding. you. Can you go back to the last picture? Back, back, back picture, uh, backs, please. Back to the first picture, yeah, that's yeah. that's UCLA, that, that's the blue and yellow of UCLA right there, yeah,
0: yeah.
4: Do you remember who their center was back then? Oh, uh, wow! Yeah. Not, not not one of the more popular guys, I think, right?
0: No, not one of the high draft picks. I I, I don't know. That's probably why they got another guy trying to double team me on this. I <laughs> yeah, <don't know>. yeah.
4: <laughs> okay, well, let's let's move on to the next one. The double the double shot, Milwaukee. There yeah. you go. Yeah, and there's a semi sky hook there. besides hey. Robert Perry.
0: Hey, hey, and actually going left. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and you don't see. Hey, you didn't see that that many times. Uh-huh. But one of the things that I I wanted to do was be able to shoot that left and right, and uh, that's how I, you know was able to develop that. But yeah, that's that's the that's my version of the the hook shot, the sky hook, with either hand. Yeah, yeah. but I like, drew the, uh, nice. the other photo's yeah. nice. The other photo's
4: nice because you you have Bob Lanier. Bob yeah, Lanier yeah, the other photo.
0: And see, uh, that's, uh,
4: that's Rick Mahorn from the Bullets.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing that that I was so effective um, in Milwaukee because I was a shot blocker, so I'm always on a weak side. I'm always around the basket. And, you know, that helped playing with another big guy. So I didn't have to guard the main centers. I could be on a weak side, you know, creating havoc, going out the blocks.
4: Mm-hmm. And we someone pointed out the, another guy who wore 53 was Artis Gilmore.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's
4: right. It's really, it's, it's a train. Big man's number. You're right. Aldenis, I, is a Big man's number.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And A-Train, another one of the strongest human beings that I ever played against. Actually, you know, he he was considered one of actually the strongest guy right, right, in that yeah. era. But he's just mm-hmm. a gentle giant. He didn't really play like that. Unless you got it mad. Yeah. And,
4: and that guy hardly missed. He already missed. He shot like 65% from the field.
0: Man, he had that left-hand hook going to the middle and that up-and-under I mean, uh, uh, unstoppable. unstoppable. Not, not to
4: mention the nice mustache and the sideburns, too.
3: Yeah, yeah
0: the pork chops. The pork yeah. chops. <laughs> yep, yep.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How true right. is it? You know, we heard, we saw that movie, Last Dance. They used to call the Chicago Bulls the traveling cocaine circus. Oh, <laughs> that was, that right? was brought up there. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, was the artist Gilmore part of that team? Well, I mean, how true was it that oh, the that drug scene in the NBA was kind of rampant when you came in?
0: Yeah, yeah. That was the team when Michael was uh, a rookie. They yeah. had a lot of uh, characters on that team. And, <laughs> you know, I, I can only imagine what they were doing. Uh, and the drug policies wasn't as tight, yeah, you right. know. Uh, but yeah, okay. they, they had a, a bunch of cast of characters on that team. So <laughs> yeah, what Michael probably said was all true, but he didn't. <laughs> the thing that you know is he never named names.
3: Yeah, yeah, right. but he said
0: yeah. 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 their voices, right? <laughs> huh? Yeah, Exactly. Never name names. We never name names. All
1: right. Yeah. So what about, uh, you know, Moses Malone? Uh, you know, I think he's one of the more underrated uh, great centers of all time. And he was kind of short for a center, but he won three MVPs and he won a, a title with uh, the Sixers. But what made him unique as a relentless, center? Relentless.
0: Relentless. He was relentless on the glass. He was the guy that really established how to rebound, especially on the weak side. He was uh, just, and, and that's one of the things Don Nelson told me when I first got in the league. He said, look, you watch some of these bigs and some of the things that they do, uh, and you kind you can't, of you can't emul- emulate some of the things and learn from them. And he said one of the things that you can do as a, as a rebounder is make a living just rebounding the weak side. And that's kind of like Dennis Rodman, who understand, you know, trajectory, angles, where the ball, based on where you position, where the ball is going to be shot and where it's going to come off and knowing the guys who shoot the ball and just being, it's it's a science to it. But Moses was relentless. Um, He was a handful. He was strong. Uh, He just kept coming at you. And his main thing with him, and he was heavy. He was heavy, and you always had to, you know, and whenever we played against uh, Philly, and uh, well, when he was with uh, Philly, Houston. I used to say, and Houston used to say, "Look, man, I'm not gonna get a lot of rebounds tonight because I'm gonna keep my body on on him, so mm-hmm. you other guys are gonna have to rebound." Yeah. And so it's kind of like a, um, yeah, uh, uh, kind of a gain, rebound mentality. Right. Uh-huh. Well, there was another small
3: center that played during your time. He just passed away this year. His name was Wes Unseld. Guy was, what, 6'7", yeah. 6'8", six, six, but he still got the job done. What was so special about him? But see, I've never played against him.
0: Yeah.
4: Okay. He was gone. He was oh, yeah, yeah. so yeah, by the time Alton came in. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, come, on. Right, come on now. You, you aged me a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> it's, it's Bob Lanier. Bob Lanier played yeah, against West and Sell, but not Ko Ko There you Alton.
0: go. There you go. I never played now. Nah, I never played against West. But the thing that, that I admired about him was the fact that he was an undersized center, but he was so wide and he had one of the <laughs> Best outlets of the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, his outlet was incredible, and Kevin Love. Uh, you know, I talked to Kevin Love uh, back when uh, I worked with him, and he was saying a lot of things. With his outlets, were so good. He learned it from uh, West Unseld. Oh,
4: wow. Okay. Now, well, West Unseld just watching, just just got watching him.
0: Just watching yeah. it. Just watching. it. Right. Yeah. Next photo, please.
1: Man. Next photo. Oh, coach, well, by the way, someone else also pointed out uh, James Edwards also wore 53.
0: Oh, that's right, yeah. yes, again, like a, 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 the Buddha hey, man,
1: the, the Buddha
4: man. Hey,
0: Buddha, <laughs> hey, I'm telling <laughs> you, that's a big man's
3: number. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, yep. Here's Sorry,
4: a 984 like 85 Bill Bucks team. Bucks oh, wow. team.
3: That's a strong team,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that that is a team, uh. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think I know we won the Central Division, and probably it was uh, again playing either Boston or Philly, and, and we lost to one of those. We, you know, we just could
3: not get over the hump with those yeah. teams.
0: But yeah, again,
3: awesome. championship this year in this season. Yeah,
4: and that's
0: Boston. what I'm saying. That's what, that's what I'm saying. You know, we probably played them in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals and and lost.
4: I love those warm-up skirts, though with the stripes on the legs.
0: Yeah. yeah. And and you know another thing about Milwaukee was the Mecca, that floor. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. it was a very unique looking floor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you had
4: bango, bango the buck.
3: Yeah, bango the buck. Yeah. Three headed center, those seven footers there, and you were got- Paul and, and Alton Lister. You yeah.
4: Got- got- you got to play with Kenny Fields, right, uh, Coach Alton?
3: Yeah, the UCLA. Kenny like...
4: Fields. Yeah, he, he played here in the PBA yeah, as well yeah. as an
0: import. Oh, wow!
4: Yeah, how, he played as he... an import. So there's
0: a bunch of guys that that uh,
4: that you got to play with. Kenny Fields is one, played here in the Philippines for for Presto, and then uh, in Seattle, I think you got to play with Michael Phelps.
0: Yes. Yeah, yes. he played for
4: San Miguel. San Miguel had yeah. a Grand Slam in 1989 under. Yeah. He was Black, he was part of, one that? of their imports. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, good. yeah. good. for him. Good uh-huh. for him. Great guy. You Great got guy. to
4: play you got to play also with Vincent Askew and yes. with Ricky Brunson yeah. in Portland.
0: Yes. And both, those guys, both those guys played here. Yeah. Did they have yeah. success over here? Uh, uh, I well, think Brunson they, all right. they didn't come back though.
4: Interviews. I guess that's a, that's your level of success to come back but Yeah. But and then there's one guy. This this one oh, guy right. you, you coached, uh Mario West. You coached him yes. in Atlanta.
0: Actually, Mario, he played for Morocco, you know that. No, I was coaching <laughs> for Morocco, and I, I you know yeah. I gave yeah. them a recommendation to bring him. And yeah. um uh, mm-hmm. okay, he did well over so here. So those he are really your PBs. Well.
3: Yeah. So yes, oh, there's another that's guy. Just to add, just to add to that, the Sydney Moncrief actually came here in 2006, along with uh, the group of Dennis Rodman. Also had Daryl Dawkins in that group. Uh, they also had Alex English uh, in that group. So Sydney Moncrief actually played in Araneta in, in the exactly. Araneta in 2006, yeah. part of the Legends Tour that came here with Dennis Rodman.
0: Oh, Sydney?
3: Yeah, he came here.
0: Yeah, I actually spent some
3: time. Yeah, actually, I actually had them as guests. I used to have a talk show. I had them as guests on my talk show. So we had uh, uh Daryl Dawkins and who's that guy, small guy from Houston. His name escapes me right now. The uh the guy who twirls the batons.
1: Calvin, oh, Murphy. Murphy. Calvin Murphy Murphy. Calvin,
3: Calvin Murphy, Murphy. Yeah, All yeah, those yeah. guys actually play.
0: Yeah, they, yeah. they yeah. all come here and then yeah, they play.
1: The quality the of the game, game wasn't too game high game. anymore,
0: but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you know,
4: it's it's pretty, pretty funny
1: games. Right.
0: Yeah. Just to see all those <laughs> legends and guys that you know you heard about, and now you get a chance to see them live. I yeah. mean, just that is a you know price of admission.
3: Yeah, just to let you know, Daryl Dawkins actually came in a white suit. It was like sparkling white. He came right. into our in a white suit. That's uh, uh that's <laughs> for you, he's right a, there. Hey, he's a character, man. Great you guy, was,
4: was.
0: but yeah. he never grew up. You know, he never <laughs> like he he. Yeah. he he never grew up, but may he rest in peace. Great guy. Yeah. But yeah. he loved to have fun and always doing, <laughs> you know, funny yeah. things. And the guy
3: who
0: talked
3: a lot in that was actually Calvin Murphy. He's the topper of all of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: Calvin so, Murphy doesn't so. stop talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're that small, right, you got to yeah. have that energy. He was tough, too. And, you, yeah. I mean, was he still – Physically, because he had a body on him, man. He was... Oh, yeah. 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 He was yeah. still for, yeah. He, yeah.
4: He, he could fight. He could fight. He'd yeah. fight against the big guys. Like like Danny Ainge, he'd fight against the bigger guys. Yeah.
0: yeah remember I mean, Kevin Murphy. Yeah, Kevin Murphy. Um, I mean, I love watching them play. I, I love small guards that, you know, you know it's a challenge for him, but he was so athletic, quick, could shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then he did the baton thing. I mean, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'd do yeah. it at halftime. Oh, he
4: did games.
3: it? He did that? Yeah.
4: He'd do wow, it at, wow. no, he would do it at halftime of the Houston games. Back, he,
3: back that's actually something that he did pretty well. He was on a national level with that baton twirling. That's
1: right. He was a national, national champion, right?
3: Yeah, he was a national champion.
1: Did he have
0: the uh, whistle in his mouth while he was doing it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask him that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could have just seen him blowing yeah. a whistle. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. No. No, no video back then when he was national champion.
1: So we we got to no, look for no. that.
4: Maybe it's on YouTube. Next photo. Another
1: you are. guy who wore number 53, uh, a, a fan just pointed out. Mark Eaton, also wore oh, yes. hey, yeah.
0: another yeah. seven footer. Wait a minute. A Wait a minute. I think all the guys that we have mentioned all were either seven foot or close to seven foot. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
4: Right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh-huh.
4: yeah. So Maybe there's something Dawkins about that. It's the only one who's yeah. not seven foot from the guys we mentioned.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he could jump out of the gym for his size uh-huh. and his That's weight. Right. And you know he's the one that used to break the backboards. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're yeah, the a couple
4: of times. All those dunks. All those exactly. dunks he would name.
0: Exactly. Coach, you're taking
4: uh you're taking a jump shot here against Charles Jones, the brother of Caldwell.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. 76 inches. And- That was one of my um, either I shot, yeah. That was one of my shots that going when I was on the right side of the basket, going to the middle. Either shot the my left handed uh, hook or my turnaround jumper. Mm
4: -hmm. I I like the shoot. I like the shooting guard matchup: Dale Ellis versus Jeff Malone. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
3: So I actually want to go back in time a bit to the, to the 83 playoffs when you were going up against the team, the Philadelphia 76ers. You said they just acquired Moses Malone. Then they had guys like Andrew Toney, uh, Maurice Cheeks, as you said. Bobby Jones was also on that team. Uh, of course, Charles Jones also. But how about Dr. J?
4: Caldwell,
3: Caldwell. Uh, Caldwell, Caldwell Jones. Yeah, and then yeah, uh, Dr. J also on that team. So, yeah, man. What was, like, what, was, what was the enigma of Dr. J?
0: Dr. J, um you know, just like, first of all, as a person, one of the most classiest guys you will ever meet, okay? Mm -hmm. Number two, uh, you know, he had so much success in the ABA, and uh, then by the time he uh, got drafted or they obtained him to the NBA, uh, he was still a good player, I mean, he still had those big hands. Could still fly around, uh, you know, to the basket and dunk on people. And he's another guy got me a couple of times. Uh, But yeah, Dr. J was—he was—he was was still, you know, one of their main weapons uh, defensively and offensively. Uh, Just didn't have the shot. So you would rather give him that mid-range shot, but if in transition in the open court, it, it was it was unbelievable, man, the things he used to do. And he's the guy that actually, you know, taken offline, you know, and he used to do that in the games. Uh so he was still really effective during that time.
1: Right. So we had we ever- had to
0: prepare for him. Yeah.
1: That was the year that he had that you know he, he cradled the ball and dunked over Michael Cooper. That was mm-hmm. eighty yeah. yeah,
3: three. Yeah, the yeah, baby. The, the yeah, well, the baby. He like too, right? He, he yeah. like. Yeah, and and um,
0: again, man, huge hands, man, unbelievable size hands. <laughs> he, I mean, his yeah. hands were so big. Um, but yeah, he's. Um, he was yeah. he was a good player and he was very effective uh, in the series when we played them and mm-hmm. you know they just had they just had a they had a really good team that's why they won the championship.
4: You know you're talking about the hands of Dr. J in the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield. They actually have those those imprints of his hands that you can put your hand in and
0: just, just yeah. to compare. Yeah. those were
4: really really huge I, hands.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. probably one of the guys that's probably and now Michael had big, really big hands too. Uh, but yeah, he he's up there in probably top three, four guys with those hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: right? Yeah.
0: Sorry, what's our next photo, Bianca?
4: What's next? There oh, you go.
0: Big Switzerland Sam Perkins. Big smooth. Yeah, this, this is a problem, man. When I got to Golden State, mm-hmm. that's when I started getting injured. And that's right. when I my first year and I, I got traded for uh, from uh Seattle to Golden State uh for a first round pick. The pick ended up being Gary Payton. I think mm-hmm. it was like the uh, I forget. Didn't Gary go like 17th or something like that? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: so number, number two. Both. He went number
0: two. Thought, was he, two? Oh. Okay. he no, did he go that high?
1: Yeah, he was number oh, two no. after uh, Derek Coleman.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well right. that they that pick was the first round pick that they gave up. To, to for me to go to golden state and uh, here uh playing in the playoffs against uh sam but the 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 thing that happened to me when i got to golden state that's when i i turned 30 and and my first major injury when i first got there it was a the third game of the season i tore my achilles wow
2: Wow, and, okay. and,
0: and I was never the same after that because then I started having back injuries and compensating for, mm-hmm. you know, my Achilles. and But um, I still played there four years. Uh, I was hurt a lot. Uh, we made the playoffs. I had mm-hmm. so much fun playing with Ron TMC. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. That's right. Oh, my God. I couldn't you know i really when they traded uh him uh Mitch, mitch Richmond for uh Billy Owens mm-hmm. i mean i was i was uh, that that, that uh, nelly nelly liked point forward. he he liked that position and he felt like billy could add that to our team but mitch was a mitch is a, a hall of famer man that's right yeah. mm-hmm. uh but playing with those three guys and again that's another a group of guys that average over 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. I played with that in Seattle with uh-huh. X, Tom, and Dale. And the same thing with Mitch, Rich, and uh, Chris Mullins.
4: And and you had Sharunas, Smartphones with like 17 a game. So, yeah, that, that, was, that was a scoring team.
0: The so, Warriors. only thing I had to do was rebound, uh, throw the outlet. And by the time I got to half court, the shot was already up, and I just <laughs> was the first one
3: back on defense.
4: That's right. Yeah, but well, when you were with
3: Golden done. State, you know, there's there's something that's still on YouTube now that people are still pointing out. You know, the Sean Kemp incident. So yeah, take us back. <laughs> Tell us about that. I mean, that was a that was a Sean Kemp, being Sean Kemp, right? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, Sean Kemp was one of the best, and I think I when when uh, I did the article said he's one of the best uh-huh. uh, in game dunkers in the game. Right. And, and, um, it's a story behind this whole thing, you know, cause we had just had a fight, uh, the game before. And, um, it, it kind of got personal and, uh, I actually I got uh, fined $10,000 for punching him and the game that game before. And I did a pretty good job on him defensively cause he was still young and, and, um, and we ended up winning the game. So, uh, and he caught a lot of flat for not playing up to his potential. Uh, mm-hmm. So, then the series moves to Seattle. And in the first game, it didn't happen. But the second game, I think he was saying, you know, it's going to happen. And, and I'm going to get him in a situation where I can pay pay back uh for him punching punching me in my face, but I fouled him really hard in the game, and then that that's that kind of how you know it started. But anyways, um, he he saw his opportunity, and I'm still when I look at the video, I'm looking at Billy Owens, <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Chris Mullins. I'm like, man, y'all y'all out front, y'all just opened the floodgates. <laughs> and I, you know, gave, a... Yeah, they gave him just gave him a straight line drive, and and the the ball was on the weak side, and I was fronting Bernard Benjamin, so they yeah. threw it out of the double team. Uh, now from the weak side, uh, now it was on the strong side. I'm sorry, they threw it to the weak side, so I had to fight my way over Bernard Benjamin to get back on the inside of him. Okay, while I'm doing that, uh, Sean Kemp, they skipped it to him up at the top. Mully and Billy was there. And by the time I looked around, he was already had extended and he was, had taken off and it was over after that. right, I I didn't know- He he didn't get
3: five for pointing at you after that?
0: Yeah, that was, that was for the fight. That's, that, yeah, that's 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 yeah. why it got personal. And uh, and then you there, know, was, there he, was no
4: taunting rule yet, I think, at that time.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't believe Chris Gatlin. After he dunked on Chris Gatlin, he gonna shake his hand.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris Gatlin shook his hand. That's right. That's man, right.
0: I'm like, man, are you serious? So <laughs> uh, I mean, give me a break, uh, but Anyways, that was uh, <laughs> that was an incredible dunk because you know he had elevated and uh, he was our and he took it all the way back. I'll say he right, took right. it back back from you know Louisiana somewhere. He, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, had, he really
4: wanted to get to he wanted to join that play coach. He
0: he cocked that thing back and he elevated and only thing I saw was you know his his body in front of me and I, I couldn't react quick enough to either get out the way or take a charge. And I just, you know, I was kind of, you never want to be in between in basketball. We call that no man's land. That's you know, right. No man's land.
4: Yeah. But no, but coach, that wasn't the first time someone dunked on you. You said Kareem dunked on you. There, Man, I it dunked you. On you. So It's happened so many times, except that this was different. Cause this is the 1992 playoffs. You know, the, the, the Videos all over the place, the NBA is worldwide now, so people see it, and then it's still on YouTube until now. So that's why right. see it.
0: this is what this is what, and I talked to my friends about it. Every time he has a birthday, they show it. Uh, <laughs> it went from being at the time probably the top 10. Now, over the history, it has game more momentum. Now I think mm-hmm. it's like the best dunk ever in the history of the game. I'm like it's the same dunk. Highs as time passed, it it continues to get popular. You know? <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: And and now that's the only thing people remember me Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. it's funny.
4: No, well, no, yeah. that's not the only well, thing they remember you about. Coach, well, but, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, they when yeah, yeah. when
0: when they, they want to give me jokes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's this is, good. I think,
4: are you, I guess you're a coach already by this time? No, this you no, won't believe yet?
0: this. No, this? This, this is a tournament in Florida. This is where okay. they had the bubble. And I'm playing in a, like a, a senior league. Okay. And is and and a and a pastor friend of mine that was a chaplain for the Celtics. And he has this uh, organization called Sports Power. Mm-hmm. And he kept talking to me and, um, I don't know. I was in my 50s, the I think early 50s. And I'd been out of basketball for a while. And I said, look, man, that's why they call it retired. You don't play anymore. He just said, you know, it won't be that bad. You know, we'll pay you this certain amount of money if you come and play. And it's for a week. And and the only thing about this, after the first day, I was ready to go home. Because my body felt so <laughs> messed up, and, you know, I hadn't played. And, and it was just – I said, man, this is the worst. Mistake. I told him after the first game, man, I said, look, I might want to rethink this thing. I might I might want to leave after the first game. That's how I felt physically. Uh-huh. And I ended up staying there and, and you know, uh, honoring my commitment. But I never should have did that. That was the worst thing I should do. <laughs> was <laughs> yeah. the worst thing I could have ever done was uh, go back, and then the guys that I was playing against, since I'm a former NBA player, they were going at me. You know, <laughs> they acted like it's a seven game of the finals, so they they
4: <laughs> they're daring you to block their shots, huh?
0: No, they were they were playing physical. I'm saying, man, what y'all trying to build a reputation, man? My career is over, man. I, I, I'm going to let you have the shot. I'm not playing over the rim, blocking shots uh-huh. and all that. Go ahead, man. You got to do all that. So right, I, right. I got to laugh about that. But it, it, it was a good experience.
4: But after after that uh, stint with Golden State, you, you went back to the Bucs. Then you had a couple of years in, the, uh, in Boston then then your last year with portland you played just 7 games that that's cuz you did say you started getting injured already after that and then so a lot of times you were on the bench um, yeah how, yeah. Missed, so when when did you, did you when did you when did you feel it was time to hang it
0: up well you okay well when i was in golden state it was just a nightmare you know i was i was hurt all the time and uh you forgot one one thing uh i went and played over in italy right, after that right after I left uh, uh, Golden State, Golden State. Mm-hmm. and Mike D'Antoni was my coach over there. Oh, okay. And, yeah, right. and I wanted to see, and I had trained, and I wanted to see if I could still play. I made it through a year. I came back. I signed as a free agent with uh, Milwaukee, played there mm-hmm. two years, yeah, yeah. played there two mm-hmm. years in Boston, and then my last year with Golden State. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, what what what
4: kind of a coach was? Because I know you, you when you came back from Italy, you played under Mike Dunleavy, and then you went the dark days of Boston because ML Carr was the coach and really very dark, you know, yeah, very, very dark. dark days. Uh, how was it being under ML Carr, who I thought all he could do was wave a towel? I mean, but how how was he as a coach? <laughs>
3: uh, nice one, Laker boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let me let me just. Uh, as, as about Milwaukee, uh, playing for Mike Dunleavy, I know it was getting time for me to retire because I started being coached by guys that I played with. And <laughs> <Yeah>. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So we played, we played together in Milwaukee early mm-hmm. in my career. And then um, I'm thinking, like, this is my 13th year, and I'm still getting traded. So uh, Todd Day and I got traded to Boston for Sherman Douglas. And then I go there another rebuilding situation. Um, it was it was we you know it wasn't glory days back when they were winning. Um and that's when they just moved into the Fleet Center. I think it's called something else now. But uh, Yeah. They moved to the Fleet Center so I got a chance to play there. Uh but you know, I, I I actually played good. Mm-hmm. My um, I only signed – I had one more year left on my contract. I played well enough to earn another year. So, you know, I at least made some money out of the situation. We weren't winning, but I got another year.
1: Yeah, those, those were bad years for
0: the second. Yeah, you, you, your, are, the top
4: were... scorer was Dino. Dino Raja was the top scorer. Dino Raja.
0: Yeah, playing with Dino. And, yeah, no,
4: man, and, and and never nervous Ellison, and then you had Eric Montrose,
0: Yes, you know, yes.
4: Dana Barrows, Those were the guys. That that was the team. uh
0: Rick Fox. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rick Fox Rick yeah. Fox was there. Yeah, yeah. Antoine
4: was Walker was a rookie, I think.
0: Yeah, and Walker. Exactly. He was a rookie. Yeah, you
4: got you got to play with some young talent. You got to play with Glenn Robinson in the box. You got to play with Antoine Walker with the Celtics. You ben played Baker. with Jermaine O'Neal
3: in Portland. Yeah, Vin Baker. Were you yes. as mentor already at the time with Vin Baker? Say it again. Were, were you already mentoring Vin Baker when he came into the league?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, and you know that once I started getting old older, that's kind of what my role was—the locker room guy, uh, kind of mentoring these young guys and and uh, just being a have a positive influence on them, trying to teach them how to be a professional, how to go about their business. How I go about their job? How you know? Let them understand what it takes to, you know, have some longevity in the years uh, in the NBA, and that was one of the things. How oh, you play so many years? What did you do? So that yeah. was the biggest question, yeah. Yeah. you know. And so I I just fell right into that role, and I think that helped me uh, as I continue at at the end of my career to go right into coaching.
4: Mm-hmm. Coach, you, you, in your last year in Portland, although it was a short uh, stay there, seven games, you got to play with Arvidas Sabonis. Yes. That's right. Can you tell us the experience of, of finally, you know, being a teammate of this guy, seeing him play in practice and and, and during the games? Because he was really, you know, he's an international superstar, one of the best, they say, probably came to the NBA too late. But what were your impressions about him?
0: I still, you could see he, at one time, was a really good player and that, you know, uh, he had, had sustained some injuries, but his instincts and his basketball IQ, he knew how to play.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I knew his reputation from, from when he played uh, in Europe, uh, that he was a really, really good player. And then I saw him play against David Robinson in the, the Olympics. Uh-huh. So um, I knew his reputation. Uh, and, you know, he still had, the instincts. I mean, his—he's the only guy that I ever seen throw an outlet pass like he's bowling a uh, uh, bowling ball. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've never seen that before. And he's, big hands, too. Big hands. He's these uh, behind-the-back passes. A really good passer. Uh, just had a yeah player. that set shot three-point shot from top of the yeah. key, right? Yeah, that yeah. set shot. So he can still take bigs out and shoot the ball. And uh, so he still knew how to play, but just physically he couldn't, you know, do the things probably he wanted to do. Uh, I just felt bad against him when he played against Shaq because, you know, Shaq was in his prime
3: mm-hmm. and,
0: uh, you know, Shaq was a handful back then. Right. But Venus was a very quiet person. He's mm-hmm. the only guy – we were teammates, Right. We get on the elevator. He did not say a word. Not a word.
3: <laughs> but he spoke English really well, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think he was just shy or whatever. But but he did yeah. speak English. But he and I thought, and I talked to Mike Dunleave. I said, man, he could give so much uh, input to these younger guys if he was, you know, just would it open up to him. Yeah, uh-huh. and and it just, you know, he just. But his son is a, is a really yeah. good player. His oh, son yeah. was born back when we were in uh Portland, Portland oh, okay. Yeah, one of their
1: American citizens, uh-huh.
0: yeah. All right, all right. I see,
1: Domantas,
4: he's playing well. Uh, yes. well, we'll see how he does this year, coach. This picture, I think this is a special day for you. Uh, at AES uh, at Arizona State,
0: yes. And this is a coach, may he rest in peace, that recruited all the talent to uh ASU. His name is Jim Newman.
4: Okay. Uh, that's the fellow. Right?
0: Yeah, that's him. And this is where, you know, I got my uh jersey lifted to the rafters. Uh special day for me. Uh I'm very proud and um, uh, you know, uh just and then I had a lot of my former teammates that were there supporting me. Uh it was a it was a great day. Uh yeah, you know, for your alma mater to recognize you for the things you've done on the court, and um, so uh, yeah, very proud day.
4: How many uh, would you know, Coach? How many numbers are retired up there in the rafters of of Arizona State?
0: Uh, they just started doing it maybe about five years ago. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Fat Fat Lever, Byron Scott, James Harding. Um, Eddie House, maybe I. Diago, uh, -hmm. jumping Joe Carwell from the ABA days. Um, I think think that's about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. so yeah,
4: that's uh, that's an honor uh, to be there. I mean, there's not too many guys up there.
0: Yeah, yeah, do you still follow the
1: uh, ASU uh, team uh, these days? Uh,
0: Oh, absolutely, that's my alma mater and. You Remy. know, we always we always yeah. say, "Yeah, we we bleed maroon and gold." You know, and I'm always hey, looking. Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, look, what do you think about yeah, uh, Remy Martin, the uh, star player now? He's half Filipino, by the right way.
0: Yeah, I know, and I'm I'm hoping that he can you know be part of the uh, the national team. He's a really really good player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he 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 is you know he's something special, man. I, I I'm really hoping he can you know. I don't know about his status in terms of, yeah. you know, paperwork and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it'd be really—I mean, he—he he can go. He can go.
4: Well, that's that's something Coach Alton is very interested in because he actually was one of the assistant coaches for the Gilas, a team that went to Bahrain. Although you weren't able to go to Bahrain, Coach. But but I think what a lot of the viewers or our followers are really wondering now—they want to hear—is how you ended up coming to Manila in the first place as a coach.
0: Well. Uh, Paul Howard uh, who is, uh, was really good friends with Ron Jacobs mm-hmm. and Ron Jacobs when when Paul Howard was uh, at Arizona State, uh, he's an assistant coach of mine, and he came over Ron, ja- Ron Jacob wanted him to come over and help uh, you know develop and implement certain things uh to the the basketball community over here and he came over and and um and i think he was one of the assistant coaches on when when ron jacob was uh the national team coach Mm -hmm. so uh he has ties over here and when i was with atlanta and then i got released from atlanta he made a recommendation uh to actually to san miguel Uh, to bring me over and uh, to, uh, you know, be a uh, skill coach. And that's how I started. This was 2009. 2008. Mm -hmm. 2009, I think. I'm not sure. Okay. And uh, after my stint with uh, Atlanta, I came over here. And, uh, you know, rest is history. And I've been over here a long time.
3: Mhm.
0: And it, so you got to you got to handle
3: Daniel DeFonso uh, at the time and uh, what was your impression of Philippine basketball when you came here uh yourself for the first time?
0: Well, I I heard that and I was, you know, uh talking to coach Paul cuz he kind of gave me the ins and outs of, you know, what the expectations were and he said San Miguel's were uh San, San Miguel Beerman was the Lakers Of the philippines because they they won a lot of championships and that uh i was really going into a good situation with a lot of good players and the whole uh pba was a a good conference competitive uh you know and that i would really enjoy my time being over here i knew nothing about philippine basketball i knew Mm -hmm. nothing about any of that and i was pleasant Least surprised when I came over here and started, you know, getting into the culture, uh, coaching the players, understanding, you know, how they play over here, and just, just it was just a great experience for me, and that's why I've been over here so long. because I love it, you know, I love, (laughs) I love the Philippines, I love the people, uh, the food, uh, and I love the basketball, Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: you know, the weather is great they speak English and, um, you know, I'm, I have, uh, basketball in my DNA and anything that has to do with basketball. I'm, I, you know, I'm all about that. So yeah. I really enjoy your,
3: Yeah. You even my, got your good friend here. You even got your good friend from the Milwaukee Bucks to come over and join you. Oh yeah. And, and also, an NBA coach, uh, um, uh,
0: came over and, um, uh which uh uh chaney 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 uh, i'm trying to think of i'm trying to think of the coach's name i'm getting a blank right now but i'll think about it in a second i'll let you know mm-hmm. but coach casey Don casey he okay. coached okay. he coached the lake uh the clippers uh he coached me in boston he mm-hmm. is the father the dean of the matchup zone and he came in and, and worked with uh, Talking Techs and, and taught the matchup zone to our team and worked with us. Uh, but, yeah, and, and then I brought uh, Craig Hodges over here as a shooting coach. He was a shooting coach for the Lakers for about uh, mm-hmm. with – uh, uh Let me see. how I many. Yeah, with Phil uh, for about uh, – he worked with them for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and I played with him, and so I try to get anybody that can help continue to uh, <coughs> help the players over here and you know teach them more techniques and different things about the game i'm I'm really big on that, so anything I can help to continue to improve the uh the game of basketball over here i'm I'm all for that.
1: Mhm. Coach, when you first came over in 2009, which players immediately stood out for you in the PBA? Uh
0: I liked the I liked the guys who uh the teams that were winning. You know, I liked the talk and text team and how they played. Uh I liked uh the San Miguel had a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Um it was just a number of guys that you know, um you know, like uh, that I felt that really had a chance to be good. Um, I, I I can't just name them individually, but I just thought there was a lot of good players over here. And, uh, you know, I see why this league was so competitive and highly regarded because uh, there were some good players that they knew how to play the game, and it was some talent over here.
3: Right. Coach, uh, I'm just going to us, bring us back a little bit in time. You know, you said you didn't really know much about Philippine basketball, but actually your older brother, James Lister, got to play here in, in the PBA uh, in, in, I believe, the early 80s, if I'm not mistaken, 1981, at about the time that you also started your NBA career. Uh, did he mention anything about uh, Philippine no. basketball to you?
0: Ne- never, because I, mm-hmm. I don't know how long he was over here. Was he a replacement import or? I don't I don't know the stint that he had over here.
3: But. I think he played one conference with, okay. with CDCP, yeah, at the time.
0: Yeah, so we never got a chance to really uh, talk about the PBA and his experiences over here, or anything like that. But um, I, I, you know, start learning more about it uh, when Paul Howard started talking to me about it. But uh, then I started doing my research before I came over here. And uh, I'd seen a lot of former NBA players, the imports. I mean, it, it was just a, a very, it was actually the best kept secret, you know, for me, because when I got over here, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised of the 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 caliber of basketball and the talent over here.
3: It was good. Right. Well, now, now I just brought up uh, James, because there's still a lot of questions about um, James after the PBA and, and, uh, and the mystery surrounding him after that. Could you shed some light into to what we don't know probably about what happened to James? Yeah, well, I know he, he went
0: uh, to – he ended up going to Belgium. That's where he played in Europe the majority of his career. And then uh, something happened to him over there in Europe, in Belgium, kind of at the end of his career I don't know what happened but uh, it was actually he was diagnosed he had a nervous breakdown and we had to send someone to get him (laughs) and bring him back to the United States and so once we finally figured out how we could support him and help him you know he had to be on medication uh, and uh, he just needed support and everything, but he never was the same anymore. And uh, then, uh, actually, uh, things started going downhill from him. He got off his medication. Uh, he started living in group homes. And, you know, actually, he had a stint where he was living on the streets. Wow. And we were trying to find him. And I was over here, actually, in my family. We finally. Uh, you know were're able to find him and try to try to you know support him and just when that happened uh it was too late and uh he ended up passing away uh but we it, it was just a big mystery everything that surrounded uh his whole his whole situation and his death and you know i i I was uh totally just you know, just, just heartbroken about my brother because, you know, we were really close and, and I grew up really uh, admiring him. And he's my idol. And I just hated that, you know, I had misfortunes and I don't know what happened to him over in in, uh, Belgium, but it changed his whole life. And he was never the same after that.
3: Well, rest in peace to James Lister. Yeah. But uh, thank you for sharing that, that, uh, bit of information with us of course part of your family as well. So and now that you're here in the Philippines and then you're now coaching some of these younger kids right now, trying to teach them the skywalk or something like that. What's yeah. it like now being surrounded by these by these kids who could be the future of Philippine basketball?
0: Man, I love it. I love it, man. I love it. Hey, I love <laughs> being in the gym. That's all I have to say. I love basketball. I have a passion for it. Uh I mean if I had to uh pick You know, going to a corporate job or going to a gym and working with players every day, that's what I choose. I've been around it all my life, and uh, I don't see myself doing anything other than that. Um, And I actually, you know, it's fun for me, and in the teaching aspect of it, I get the most pleasure out of it. And, you know, they're willing learners. They want to know, and they respect me because – of all the experience that I've, you know, had playing at the highest level. So um, I try to do everything within my power, you know, to help these guys to uh, just learn the game the right way. And, um, you know, being part of the uh, uh, MVP group with uh, Coach Tab, Coach Mark, and all the coaches that I'm affiliated with, we kind of – Kind of have the same agenda of what we're trying to do with these players, and it 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 is it's all working, but it's a work in progress, and we're just going to keep, you know, pushing at it and and um, keep developing and teaching and giving them knowledge and 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 ch- helping them develop.
4: Mm-hmm. That's great, and, and and are you still? Is it something that you have to be assigned for again, or are you still part of this Gillas? Yeah, program moving forward till February.
0: I'm still part of it. Yeah. Okay. We just Great. had a meeting. Just had a meeting a couple of days ago. Yeah. So I'm still part of it.
4: Yeah, and it's going to be here in, in the bubble in Clark. Yeah. So yep. Maybe you'll be in the bubble with Noel because yep. Noel's yep. going to be. See you in two months, coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah
0: exactly. Be <laughs> so I got ready for that. I'll get to experience the bubble.
3: A little bit. A little
0: actually.
3: We've only been there for six days, so it's not a problem. Oh, okay. too it's Not too long.
4: It's not too long. Yeah. Coach, okay. It's been great. All these stories you've been sharing with us. I just, I have this thing that I do uh, with all our guests. I'm just going to ask you to choose. I'm going to give you a bunch of choices. You just tell me your choice without having to explain why you chose that that certain that particular thing. So I'll just give you uh, A or B, and then you just tell me which your choice is. Okay, coach. Let's start. Don Nelson or Ned Walk.
0: Don Nelson. All
4: right. Byron Scott or Fat Lever?
0: Fat Lever.
4: Sydney Moncrief or Marcus Johnson.
0: Ah. Uh, that's getting harder, isn't it? <laughs> all, right, yeah, all right. What? I hope they don't. I hope they don't get a video of this. <laughs> um, I would say Sydney. Okay.
4: Paul McE or Randy Brewer.
0: Mm, that's nice. I would say Big Mo. We call him Big, Big Mo. Mo. All yeah. right. Big Mo. All
4: right. He's a coach too now, right? Yeah, Kareem exactly. Abdul Jabbar or Robert Parrish?
0: I like Kareem. Yeah. Okay.
4: Tixers or Celtics?
0: <laughs> Celtics. Celtics. Okay.
4: Lakers or Blazers?
0: Oh, Lakers. Come on. All right. All right. <laughs> and of course, all right. All right. That? All right, all right.
4: <laughs> Dale, Dale Ellis or Chris Mullen?
0: Oh, nice! Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like molly. I like molly. You like molly? Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh,
4: Lamb beer or mahorn? Yeah. You mean
0: when you say like? Explain what you mean by like. I don't know. Like, like to okay. hit or like to take? To you hit. Say, okay, you just said okay. Like to
4: punch? Uh, uh, more
0: handsome? Uh, I don't know. Both <laughs> of them were dirty. Both of them were, you know. Um, so you don't like both of them. <laughs> I, yeah, equally. Like, eh.
4: <laughs> okay, I I think I think you know I know the answer to the next one. Mitch Richmond or Billy Owens?
0: Oh, Mitch. All right, the, oh, Rock. the, Rock. <laughs> the Rock, the Rock.
4: That's right, that's right. <laughs> Paul Pressey or Nate McMillan?
0: Ooh. Paul Pressey is one of my best friends. All right, okay. Okay. go with Paul.
4: Danny I, Danny Ildefonso or Ronnie Del Deocampo?
0: RDO, RDO,
4: okay. okay. Ivan Johnson or Terrence Jones? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a whole nother day for a whole another story. <laughs> I'm gonna keep <kick> it <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. I'm just, <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna go with I- Ivan Johnson. Okay. Okay. Okay.
4: Coach, how about this one? Craig Hodges
0: or Jimmy Alapag? See, I never played with Jimmy. Okay, no, but I'll say Craig Hodges. Okay, Craig Hodges. All right, all right.
4: Do you like the Meralco orange or the TNT yellow?
0: TNT. TNT.
4: TNT. <laughs> Tab or Dickel?
2: Ooh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. come on now! You're killing me over. You're let's
4: killing let's me. Well, let's do <laughs> that. let I have one more because normally we ask our, our, our Filipino guests. This last question, I have a different question for you because normally I ask about some showbiz uh, people here in the Philippines. My last question for you is Pacino oh, or De Niro?
3: Rose. Oh, Pacino or De Niro.
4: Ooh, Pacino or De Niro? <laughs> Al Pacino or Robert De Niro?
0: I like De Niro. Okay. De
4: Niro, okay. Uh, that's my Vilma Nora for today, Al Pacino or, or De Niro. <laughs> Just because know. The, the North Okay, thanks thanks so much for that, Coach. How about you guys? Noel, you have your question.
3: Yeah, my, my question my question is right now, Coach, you've been, had a 17-year NBA career before that in ASU uh, as well, and then you've spent about 12 years here in the Philippines already. How do you want Alton, Liston, uh, Alton Lister to be remembered in the sport of basketball? What legacy do you want to leave behind? Over here or in general? In general, you know, when they're they're talking about you, when your days are done, and then how do you want to be remembered?
0: Okay, one other question. As a player, as a coach? Okay, as a player first and as a coach. Okay, as a player, uh, just a guy who played extremely hard, competed, uh, was a team guy, um, just love the game, uh, always try to give to others, you know, even as a player, you know, I, I always wanted to serve my teammates in order for us to continue to be successful. So um, just, you know, and, 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 a good guy, you know, just, you know, I think that's more important than all the other stuff that people Say they, at least he's a good guy, decent person, and uh, people liked him.
3: All right. And as a coach.
0: Oh, as a coach, a coach that uh, loves to be in the gym, always trying to evolve, even at the stage of my career right now, uh, will come to the gym early, stay late, work with the guys whenever they need me, Uh, you know, continue to support whoever the head coach is, 100%, whatever they're trying to get done. It's not about me, you know. It's about helping uh, be part of a staff and and us do stuff together. And we have one United front. Uh, And just continue to uh, know the players, know that I'm real, uh, I have no ego when it comes to what I've done in the past uh, and that I'm available for them at any time.
3: All right.
0: I just want to add two
3: more questions from Charlie's X's and O's, uh, if I may. Uh, Troy Rosario or Poi Eram?
0: Um, I, 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 I'm privy to, to
3: big, that Poi. All right. And my last one would be Tom Landry or Jimmy Johnson. I'm going to go old school, on not you? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: knew it. I knew it. The guy with the hat. The guy right. with the hat. Hey, I grew up watching Tom Landry. Right, right. Okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Noel, nice one. Love I'm it. Sit. All right. You Close it.
1: Yeah. OK, my question yeah. for you, uh, Coach Alton, is who were your five Favorite teammates of all time.
0: Oh, my God. Five favorites. Okay. It be um, from fall.
3: anywhere, from Arizona to the NBA.
0: Okay, Fat Lever. Um, Craig Hodges, Terry Cummins, um, Rasheed Wallace, Ooh. and... Um, I, I really got close with Avidas, Sabonis. Oh, I okay. really did.
4: Yeah. Great. Yeah. Wow. Okay.
3: All right. Yeah.
4: Wow, that's a that's a pretty good five right
0: there. And <laughs>
3: I, didn't I didn't see Rashid coming in that list though.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> hey, you won't you won't believe this. Rashid is one of the nicest guys off the court you will ever meet. But okay. something happens to him when he walks across <laughs> that line and those officials start getting in his face. Right. He just changes. Yeah, yeah. He just changes, right. but he is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet.
4: He's, he's a technical foul waiting to happen when he gets into the court. Oh, my God.
0: It's like, man, I, what? What what is the deal when you get on the court? You're a totally <laughs> different person. And then the and we call them zebras We say and then the zebras got getting in your face and you know the <laughs> officials as we call them. And and, yeah. and then you just transform into something else. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. That yeah.
4: yeah, exactly. But that's a great five that that uh, coach Alton named.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: Coach. Thanks for all the stories you've shared with us. Uh, what a privilege for, for us and for our followers to be able to get all this input from a 17-year NBA veteran from especially that era that we all love, uh, especially yep. yeah. our, our followers we here on the show. There. We like yeah. the 70s and the 80s, and that's exactly what we got a lot of today. Um, you know, the, We were very honored that you shared all those stories with us, Coach, and the uh, privilege that, that that you're here. and And we thank you once again. Um, if there's anything left you'd like to – anyone you'd like to, to greet or to, to thank, uh, you can do it now, Coach. But, uh, you know, now, now's your opportunity to, to send your message to all the fans.
0: Now just, uh, you know, keep, keep, keep supporting uh, basketball over here. I think um, PBA, UAAP, any, any of the uh, levels of basketball because it's a great game. Yeah, great fans over here that, that has passion for the game of basketball, um, and I'm I'm just a privilege for me to be over here so long and try to import and and put give input and knowledge about the game of basketball. So I just think all the the fans that uh, you know have the same type of passion that I have for the game.
4: That's great. And then that's the same kind of passion we have, too, for this game. Noel Zarate
0: is there outside the bubble
4: now, but he'll be there again in February. See you coach. Our, okay. Another uh, kasama natin dito. Ako naman po si Charlie Kuna. Once again, we'd like to say thank you to all the fans and followers here on Eternity of Basketball. I hope you appreciated this show, NBA side, what we talked about today. Uh, we'll be going back to the PBA side next week. We'll announce on our page who our next guest is going to be, for next Saturday, before we take our holiday break and return in the new year. But once again, thanks, Coach Alton. Thank you so yeah. much for coming okay. on. And now, you know, we the fact you're actually coaching our national team now, yeah. so you're so Pinoy already. <laughs> there and you're you you're as yeah. Pinoy as you can be. Yeah. Right. Hey. Sid,
1: you have something to add, Sid? Wait, wait. this guy above me. Happy golden oh. birthday. Happy, happy Noel. golden oh birthday gosh. tomorrow,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Noel Zarate. Yeah. you it? Yeah. golden why do you call it go uh, That's why. That's
1: why. It's fifty. It's
4: it okay. okay. tomorrow. 5-0 <clears throat> <Five-oh> tomorrow. <clears throat> Noel
0: Zarate. 5-0. No, <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah,
4: we know he thing. looks seventy, but he's only thirty fifty tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's it. we have him, uh, and that's Noel Zarate. So, coach, thanks so much once again. Right. Episode sixty two. Episode sixty two is now in the books. Episode sixty three. You will know who will be our guest. As soon as we can, we're going to post it on our FB page. Thank you so much, everybody. This is us signing off right Mm
0: -hmm. now. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, coach. All right. Thank you. All right.
3: That concludes this episode of An Eternity of Basketball. As a reminder for this show and others like it and projects like it, go to GloballyBallin.com as well as follow Globally Ballin on all social media including Facebook.com slash Globally Ballin', Twitter at Globally and Instagram. You can also follow this show directly at An Eternity of Basketball on Instagram or Facebook.com slash An Eternity of Basketball. Thank you, and make sure to catch next week's episode.